Welcome to the Birthing Ad Pod- Podcast. This is a podcast about pregnancy, birth and early parenting. Yay! G'day, how's it going? I'm Steve from the Prepare Foundation. We are a registered charity that helps first-time dads make an awesome contribution at the birth of their child. This is a podcast where we get blokes talking about their experience to share their wisdom with other men who are about to go through the life-altering change that comes with first-time fatherhood. So let's hear about the transition of parenthood from a dad's perspective. Maybe you could just start with a little bit about yourself, your background, how you've you know, came into this work, where you work? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a clinical psychologist in terms of my training. I've uh, been working as a clinical psychologist for over 10 years and the last couple of years I've been seeing more and more fathers. And I think that's been a product of uh, being a father myself and I guess knowing, you know, through through the school system, knowing other other fathers and also psychologists who are, uh, are working in the area of supporting mothers. And what kind of came to um, my attention a couple of years ago is that there's not a lot of support, psychological support out there for fathers. So I guess I've, I've been more and more trying to put the word out and put my hand up where I've, I've learned that there's a father that needs support. And so that's kind of led me into this area. Excellent. And you're, you're, uh, do you specialise in the perinatal side of things or is it more just general across the board? I'm, I probably consider myself a generalist with a special interest in, in perinatal psychology. Uh, and I, I, see, I do see work with mothers as well. It's probably 90% fathers and 10% mothers at the moment. And so for, the, for those people presenting, what, are the, what kind of things do they come to you for? What are the, what are the, the patterns that you notice? It can it can be a range of things. I think it's 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 really diverse. Uh, you know, every father has a different. You know, every father is different, and every baby is different. Every couple relationship is different. So the challenges are unique, uh, I, and I guess that it, it depends on what stage. So I, I see fathers during the pregnancy period, and there's a, a set of challenges that come up there, as you know, kind of leading up to the birth. And then after the birth, there's, I guess, other types of challenges that come up in the first six months to a year. Um, And I tend to see fathers for the first couple of years, so um, the challenges change. So you you did mention pregnancy challenges. So what what kind of things are you you, talking to men about with the pregnancy challenges? So I think leading up to... Uh, to the birth, you know, fathers are going to have a range of, of different challenges and, and, you know, probably what's normal is to have a mix of different emotions and feelings about, about, the, uh, about the birth, about becoming a father. You know, that, that, and they can sometimes come all at the same time. You know, it's very normal for fathers to feel terrified and also extremely excited at the same time. So it can be a, a mixed bag of emotions and concerns. During that, the pregnancy period, often the kind of issues that I, I hear about is that, you know, there are concerns about the health of their baby or their partner or, or the pregnancy. There are a lot of fathers will have concerns about what, they're gonna, what it's going to be like to be a father. Will they be a good enough dad? So sometimes there can be self-doubt there or uh, fathers reflecting on their childhood or their, how they were parented. Sometimes you know, 
fathers during the pregnancy period also already starting to mourn the loss of something in their life. So if a, if a father's used to getting up in the morning and running 20 kilometres every morning at, from 4 o'clock in the morning, they, they, with a baby around, they know they might not be able to do that. So changes in routines or things that fathers enjoy, fathers might start to get a sense that they're not going to be able to go out on Friday or Saturday night and have a big night out um, anymore. So starting to come to terms with those losses. I guess other things like financial stresses come up as you know, the structure of the family changes in terms of who's working and who's not going to be working. Uh, and lastly, I would think of, yeah, often fathers are talking about changes in the couple relationship. And so with those kind of items in mind, uh, what, what, are the, what is the advice that you, give, that you give guys to kind of allow them to manage those emotional scales? As a psychologist, I, 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 I see my role as, as uh, thinking about the, the issues that each fathers are coming with. There's, there's probably no one set of advice that, that relates to all fathers. Um, I think if there is a universal that is, is that as a parent and as a father, uh, you're going to have struggles and challenges. And to know that if you have struggles and challenges, you, you're not alone, that there are other fathers out there who are also struggling with different things and learning and growing through the process of being a father. Just a conversation I'm often having with fathers is about looking after themselves. Typically, as you know, it's a stereotype of men, of Aussie men, that we can look after ourselves and we can do it all ourselves and we don't need anyone's help. Uh, and that's something that is reflected in I, I, I probably relate to that myself and in the fathers that I talk to. So working with fathers to work out what their needs are, how they need to look after themselves, being prepared to negotiate with their partner or those around them to get what they need and also uh, asking for support where they need to. And so you mentioned self-care there. Maybe we could delve into that a little bit more deeply. And so what, what's your kind of go-to advice for self-care? The, probably the most common uh, thing that I talk about with fathers is carving out some time that they can have for them. Uh, often when, I, when I'm talking to fathers, they're, you know, overwhelmed and, and you know, don't, can't find a, you know, a couple of minutes to do something that they enjoy or just have some time out. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very common picture that I see where a, a father is, uh, you know, coming home from work, walking in the door and then jumping straight into parenting. And even if fathers are, are willingly taking on that role, there's not a lot of space there to, um, to relax or unwind or, or, you know, do nothing. So sometimes the conversation is around trying to carve out that space so that they can still be there in support for their family and do all the meet all the demands that they need to in their life uh, at the same time looking after themselves. Yeah, and do you also mention that uh, it's important for all humans to have that and, and in that maybe they need to be thinking about not only themselves and providing themselves with that self-care but, but creating that space for their partner? Definitely, yes. Uh, it's also a, a very common conversation I'm having with fathers to talk to their, their partner about what they need and to encourage them to, you know, let me take, let me look after the baby for, for an afternoon or a couple of hours while you go out and see some friends or 
you know, go for a swim or, or, or do something that you need. It can be a, a really helpful conversation for couples to have, you know, particularly during the pregnancy period about how they're going to support each other in, in getting space. And so with over the time that you've been kind of working with working with families, uh, you would have seen a, a difference in the a development of like a larger role for fathers. Have you have you seen a, a, a change in the way that families are now that fathers are stepping up more and that they're they're putting more weight on their shoulders in the in the, the kind of family space? Yes, I, I think so. Um, I think that this this changes my, my sense is that it's happened in the last few decades uh, and increasingly fathers are, are, are wanting to be more involved and there's an expectation that they're more involved in, in day-to-day parenting. I think it's, it's almost a given and, and most fathers I, I talk to are, are already doing that. I think it's, it's probably the exception where I, I talk to a father who isn't really uh, hands-on. The important thing I think about is I think the the support has lagged behind that that shift. So while fathers are being asked to get more involved and doing more and wanting to do more, there's not the recognition that fathers also need support and perhaps things like work-life, sorry, work-family balance, important things to juggle and difficult things to juggle. Yeah, and it, like that's part of what I what I because I, I do a midwife's program as well, and that's that's actually about trying to put them in this perspective of dads and, and you know I'm saying to them well uh, you know when we first started coming into the birthing suite we ha- we had to be strong stoic and the disciplinarian and the and the provider and that was that was mm-hmm. all we had to worry about you know and mm-hmm. then you look at modern fatherhood and there's a big long list of the different things that are now you know placed upon us but mm-hmm. there hasn't been any concerted effort in or to try and uh, raise their skill level it's just kind of like here, just deal with all these new, new kind of things and do it on your own. And it perpetuates that negative masculine stereotype that we are meant to be strong and stoic, because when it comes to birth, we're not allowed to be yet. Uh, so, what advice would you give a father about birth? Uh, like, uh, even from your father, you don't have to speak on a, on a psych- psychologist level here. You could, you know, from your own perspective. How was your experience of birth? Um, I've had three experiences of birth and they're all very different. Um, I think looking back, one was definitely traumatic and the other was the other two were very quick. Uh, so I think perhaps the, my, my advice or my, my ideas about birth would be, be be prepared for the unexpected. I think helpful to go in with a plan and to go in with this, arming yourself with as much knowledge as possible. Fathers, I think, should also know about you know, what happens during the birth and what medical, you know, medications and supports are, are available at the time, but knowing that that can all get thrown out the window very quickly and for fathers to be prepared to roll with that can be helpful. Are you planning to attend the birth of your child? Well, the safest scenario is you're calm, relaxed and know how to provide physical, emotional and practical support. The worst case scenario is you have no idea and end up looking like a deer in the headlights. Bitch, you bruh. Don't be a deer in the headlights, mate. Birthing Dads has a suite of groundbreaking resources designed to give you a confidence boost ahead of the big day. And the best part, it's all on demand and 100% online. Go to Birthing Dads 
www.ads.com.au and use the coupon code POD. That's P-O-D for a 10% discount and learn how to support birth like a superstar. Postnatal depression look like? So if, if, if a guy is, what is he feeling? What is a woman feeling during the postnatal period and what's the clinical side of, of that? So yeah, so if we're going to talk about postnatal depression, that's just really the term that we give to an experience of depression that comes after the birth. If it comes before the birth, then we call it antenatal depression. The, the main things, the main two symptoms that we look out for when we talk about depression are feeling sad or depressed most of the time. And the, the second one is that we're, we're losing pleasure or interest in activities that we'd usually find pleasurable or interesting. So those are the two main symptoms. So if, if you notice those symptoms in, in your partner or, or yourself, then that could relate to an experience of depression. There are, there are other symptoms that, that usually come up for people who experience postnatal depression. I'll, I'll mention a couple of these. I won't mention the whole list. Uh, but certainly loss of uh, confidence or not feeling confident about being a parent or having a strong sense of guilt about parenting, feeling like you're a failure as a parent, uh, having low motivation or not being able to activate yourself, uh, changes in your sleep pattern that aren't explained by the baby's sleep patterns. Uh, and in, in very severe cases of depression, people might have thoughts of harming themselves or, or, um, or suicide. There's also anxiety to, to deal with. So there's yeah. a definite rise in uh, like prenatal anxiety about, you know, the, our birth culture. And yeah. is anxiety another, another thing that you see in, in expectant and new parents? Yes. I, I, and in my experience, uh, anxiety is, is just as common or perhaps even more common than, than depression, experiences of depression uh, before and after the birth of a child. And in terms of the statistics, I think that it, yeah, it, it could be comparable. So when we talk about anxiety, that, that can be anything from having uh, persistent or intrusive worries about certain things or a broad range of things. So worrying about the health of your child you know, or constantly worrying about um, some aspect of parenting, uh, worrying about the world, which I think I've seen more and more of, particularly this year. Um, or having more physical experience of anxiety, so uh, things that we might call panic symptoms or stress symptoms, so things like uh, fast heart rate, difficulty breathing, episodes where you're feeling dizzy, sweating, shaking. So more, more people can have more physical experience of anxiety as well. What do you advise people that are that are kind of you know either having depression or anxiety? What are some of the key? I know, as you said, that's a spectrum, and it's worse mm. and better at some end of the spectrum. But um, just thinking, you know, what are the general kind of rules? Again, the self-care, but are there, is there anything else that you look at? Yes, I think uh, uh, self-care is a big part of it. And it, it depends. Some people need a little bit of support. Other people need a lot of support. But, you know, self-care, looking after yourself and uh, connecting with other people are, are two things that, can help uh, people, I think, just on a very broad level. The more support we have, the more we're looking after ourselves, the better our psychological health is going to be. There are also very effective treatments in 
in psychology that we have to uh, to help people to uh, deal with uncomfortable uh, uh, thoughts, um, or whether it's challenging their thinking or or uh, helping them to manage certain thoughts or thought patterns, or to regulate different emotional experiences. I'm just kind of moving into uh, some of the the kind of items that I wanted to just cover off on, mm-hmm. such as confidence. I mean, one of the things I try to raise in men is is this idea of getting a team confidence it during the the perinatal period, so that you're you're not a, you're, you're very supportive of each other in the relationship before birth, and then that fo- follows on to you know great kind of communication afterwards. So. How would you advise an expectant father to gain confidence? It's a really good question. I think confidence, as a, as a rule of thumb, confidence is built by doing and maybe the communication is part of that as well. So I think the idea that your baby is, is ready to form a bond with you from day one, that you can get involved very early on, and I think that can be a very powerful way to build confidence. So for fathers who are able to get in early and get involved in uh, you know, things like you know, uh, bathing, changing nappies, dressing, settling their baby, uh, and just having that one-on-one time with their baby, um, that I think builds comp- confidence quicker than anything else. Uh, in terms of the, the, what you were just saying before about the couple relationship, I think yeah, c- communicating and forming a parenting team is it can also be really helpful and did you how were you when you went in for the first birth is that the traumatic one uh the traumatic one was the second birth second birth okay yes. uh how were you feeling as you were going in were you well prepared did you think or uh i think uh, yes well prepared um but again you know not really knowing what to expect I think for the, for the first, you know, probably a bit of a bit of a antenatal anxiety pushed me to arm myself with all the information I could, and uh, me and my partner we had a plan for every contingency, um, and a lot of that stuff we we didn't need. But I think going into the birth, uh, yes, it was unexpected. Yeah, but it's that preparation that kind of. I think you can come out the other side and say, well, yeah, we're still, we're still a team. We were bonded. We were, as long as that, you can say that after a, after a birth, I think yeah. you're in a decent, decent place. What about advocacy? How, how, can a, how can a father advocate for his partner in, you know, in any ways in the perinatal period? This is a very broad answer, but just something that comes to mind, I'm, a couple of fathers I've worked with whose partners are experiencing postnatal depression the, the fathers have got involved in uh, organising practical supports, you know, doing things around the house. So bringing in supports, you know, organising an appointment with, with the doctor or a psychologist. Um, so I think that's one one way, you know, sometimes a, a father can you know, kind of take take the pilot seat in that way and you know, be more, you know, more assertive and say, okay, I've organised this appointment for you. I'm getting a cleaning cleaner in to help with the cleaning. I think that that those kind of practical steps could be very helpful. Yeah, absolutely agreed. You know, when they bring the baby home, you've you've had experience of that. So, what's it like bringing a baby home? 
I think again, um, it's uh, you know, for, for most fathers, it's a it's a wonderful and, and strange experience. It's you know, a time when for, for most fathers and, and mothers, there's a, a bubble that's being created, and you know, those very you know first few weeks, days, and weeks of, of the attachment with their child is developing. So it's a very special time, and uh, for most fathers I talk to, and certainly my own experience. I felt like I, you know, I wanted to shut out the rest of the world and just focus on on the routines and, and you know, getting stuck stuck into the role of fathering. And what and what is that like the role the role of fathering? You've got three children. Uh, how old are they? Uh, they're three, six, and eight. Wow, I've got one one three year old a three year old boy. Right. Okay. What gender? <laughs> I've got old boys. Wow, I, I don't know what it's like to have a daughter, um, oh. but boys, I know. So, what uh, what what advice is there for the for dads out there of you know what you've learnt? What what are the challenges and what are the wins? So, I'm I'm jumping between my experience here and also thinking about what other fathers might go through. There's there's so many challenges. That says it all, by the way. That just short bit was perfect because it's like... <laughs> yeah, I can give you a list of uh, challenges that come up for fathers, but I think it's, it'll be a very long list. Uh, what about the wins, though? What are, the, what are those things that keep us wanting to do it? What, you know, what are the things that you've experienced that kind of melt your heart or make you want to keep going? So the you know seeing that the, the day-to-day development of your child is, is such a, a wonderful thing for you know to, to witness, uh, particularly in the first year when there you know there's a, a, a new developmental milestone you know every couple of weeks or months there's something that you can pick up on that's changed um, and that continues on for for a very long time. Uh, so noticing the change is one thing, um, something that I. I remember very clearly with all my children and I hear from fathers is, you know, the first time they, they start to see, have that eye contact and smile and that kind of face-to-face contact of connection with their baby. That can be a very special time. And what have you seen dads do well in your in your experience? Or, you know, have you got any, firstly, have you got any dad hacks yourself? Dad hacks? I don't know. I, I, I I tend to see myself as uh, um, supporting other fathers rather than knowing the the, the, the tricks or uh, being an expert in fathering myself. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm learning as I go as well. One, one thing I might mention here, which could be a bit close to the, to the question you're asking, is that I think a lot of fathers go into being a parent with this idea of being the perfect father and... Uh, I think there's no such thing as a perfect father and knowing that if we're consistent enough in our nurturing and our caring for our child, that we're going to be a good enough father. So I think it, it can be really helpful you know, sometimes for fathers just to, just to kind of settle their expectations around what they can do. Uh, you know, being a father isn't about doing everything. It's not about teaching your, your child to be a really good sports person or, you know, really good at school or, imparting all this information it's maybe it's about being there consistently over time yeah that's that's great such great advice and i'm so glad you mentioned that i I think one of the ways that i explained it is that uh you know bad parents don't worry about the fact that they're bad parents (laughs) yes yes 
<laughs> That's so true. You're worried about being a bad dad, then you automatically are a good dad because you're at least having a, you know, self-reflection about the ideas that you're contemplating. So you're, you're by definition, you're decent. Yeah. So. Yeah. As a psychologist, I I worry most about the, the fathers who I don't see, who are either unable to reach out for support or who aren't don't have insight into their struggles. I do see a father and they say, I'm worried about this aspect or that aspect of, of my parenting. I worry less about them. Do you want to talk about those guys, those unseen guys? Because there will be people, I think, who are going to do this, this, uh, this, watch this online series and they're probably going to be not help-seeking kind of guys, right? They might have been pushed in front of the screen from their partner or whatever. I mean, I know that my work only only gets to a certain part of our society yeah. and there's always going to be the stragglers and that that's a that's a kind of a culture change process that's going to take you know generations yeah. or at least a long period of time but what do we say to those men what is it that we can say to those guys just think so some guy's watching this and he's not a help seeker and he's expecting a child but one year in he's freak you know he's not doing well what would you give that advice to that guy who's not normally going to come and see you I would probably say to you know, to a, a, any father uh, that it's it's difficult to uh, to acknowledge that you're struggling. At the same time, it's very normal to be a father who's struggling. I think it it, it comes as part of the package. If you're a father, you're going to struggle, and for most fathers, it's hard to to talk to someone about it. I would say that if you're struggling and you're a father, that it's not a sign of weakness or failure as a parent. If you're depressed or anxious or stressed or overwhelmed, that's usually just part of it. And there could be a lot of benefit in talking to someone. Perfect. And what what will, you know, so now let's go into what that actually means. You know, what what is what is a psych yeah, because some of the guys might not know what a psychologist does. So maybe just a just a bit of an explanation about how about the process of a new dad coming to see you. Yeah, so if you're a father and you're struggling, then it's, I think it's really important that you talk to someone about it. So in most cases, uh, talking to your partner is a first step or your GP or a good mate, someone that you trust. Uh, most fathers will know another father who's likely gone through similar challenges. Uh, so there's, I think, some of the first steps for fathers to talk to. There's also really uh, helpful organisations out there, Men's Line, which has, a, uh, I think, a phone line and online presence as well, Beyond Blue, and there's a organisation called Panda, P-A-N-D-A, uh, and they're a specialist organisation who work with mothers and fathers around the time of having a child. Uh, and lastly, I would think about calling Lifeline. And they're on. They're a telephone counselling service. So, I think make, taking one of those steps to talk to someone would, and just explaining what what you're experiencing. You know, what what are your current struggles? What's happening right now? And and what might you like uh, support with? And one one thing that yeah, if if fathers come to see me, and I would believe this is the case if they talk to their GP or they contact. Uh, a service like Men's Line or, or Panda, that they can kind of leave it up to us to do the working out with them in terms of what they're going to need. 
so they don't need to come, uh, certainly people that are coming to see me as a psychologist, they can put some of the, the, the weight and the pressure on me in working out um, how they, they might be able to, to navigate through their difficulties uh, or that we can do that together. And for the guy who says, yeah, but talking to someone doesn't change anything, what do you say to him? This, this question comes up a lot and uh, there, are, there are people who, who find benefit in, in talking about things and there are people who, you know, will, will tell me then fair enough that they don't find any benefit in talking about things. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think the meaningful work that I do with fathers is around changing certain patterns in their life. And so often after we've talked about things, we get to thinking about changes that need to be made, uh, strategies that can be put in place um, or, or different things that they can think about to make a, a real change in their life. Yeah, absolutely gold. Brilliant. What, what mistakes do, do men make, do dads make? What are some of the mistakes you've seen? There's only one thing that comes to mind. It's a, it's a brilliant question and I, it's something I don't think about. I think that parenting mistakes are an opportunity to, to learn. So mistakes can be a, a good thing in most cases if they're not big mistakes. Uh, but the, the most common thing I think, would th- the only thing I would think about here is if, if fathers are not being involved as they could, if they're, if they're not being, you know, if there's some barrier there that's preventing them from supporting their partner or, or uh, forming a bond with their, with their baby, you know, those are the things that I would think of as perhaps not so much mistakes but things that are, are more things that we need to work on or change. And when it comes to uh, relationships, uh, you would see, you know, from your perspective, you'd see couples kind of, uh, you know, the relationship challenges of the perinatal period are immense. Have you got any comments about about the what you've seen in yes. relationship-wise, or the in terms of relationships, the the, the normal the pic, the normal picture that I get is that uh, it's normal for conflict to increase in, in couples. Uh, in the even in the pregnancy period and after the birth, uh, so that's normal. It's normal for sex and intimacy to become less frequent, and for the the conversations that couples have to revolve more around the routines of the baby. So that that's really the normal picture. It's abnormal when I see couples who have a different picture to that. So in, in most cases, I, I think couples need to be prepared to tolerate some changes in their relationship, uh, but also at the same time work hard to try and maintain the connection. As parents develop, you know, a, a connection with their baby and make space for their baby, they also need to keep space for their partner. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time and your, uh, your, you know, your willingness to, to be involved in this. Thank you for, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to be part of this. I'd like to acknowledge the Darawal people as the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is recorded. And I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging.